0: But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy, because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts with David Spade and Elliot Harris. Today we have one guest who's so big he takes up the entire hour, Pro Football Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. I see that you went to college at Louisiana Tech, but you were born in Arkansas. How did you end up out there in Louisiana? Um, yeah, uh
1: as, as you know, back then, um uh, the Razorbacks were, uh kind of rebuilding, but we had had, I'm from Pine Bluff, Arkansas, same hometown as Toy Hunter, same high school as Toy, Toy Hunter, the baseball player that was in the playoffs this year for the Detroit Tigers. And what happened was, we had a couple guys that were very, very good football players, a quarterback named Eric Mitchell that went to Oklahoma and, uh, Danny Bradley and, uh, Curtis Williams in the defensive tackle. So when those guys did that, Arkansas got a little bit pissed off with, uh, with, uh, <laughs> with, with the Pablo zebra program and, uh, didn't recruit us as heavily. So, uh, you know, my problem was I was playing basketball also, so I wasn't but about 225 pounds coming out of high school. But I had big hands and big feet, and uh, I didn't get recruited real heavily because of my because of my size and I think also because of uh, what had happened with some of the other schools. So were you better at basketball or football? You no, know, my bloodline was uh, definitely football. Uh, I was kind of raw at basketball. I had some potential, and I really did... Probably had a little more of a love for basketball, but, uh, things happened for a reason, and, uh, my basketball coach, I went to UCA when Scotty Pippen came out, uh, Scotty Pippen's from Hamburg, Arkansas, so when he went to UCA, obviously, he was, go- he went pro, and, uh, that was, uh, everybody looked up to him that was growing up at the time in the state of Arkansas. I went to basketball camp, it was about 400 campers up there, and I was a real good rebounder. I got Mr. Rebound at camp. Got off of the concept the UCA, then I got off of, and then back then, back in that time, I don't know if you guys remember high school basketball tournaments, but one of the biggest ones in the country was called the King Cotton Classic, and that was on ESPN. They had they played those couple games on ESPN in eighty seven, eighty eight. Dick Vatel came and did the tournament down there in Pine Bluff, and we met him at at our luncheon and everything. So uh, we played in the King Cotton and uh, got a lot of exposure. Had teams from all over the country played in it, K- Jason Kidd, uh, uh, Dennis Scott, when he played for Flint Hill, Aaron Bain, uh, J.R. Reed, to name a few guys that played in that tournament. But it was a huge high school basketball tournament. And um, like I said, I started playing basketball in about the seventh, eighth grade, and I started playing football, you know, from street ball from uh, I don't know how, but when I was about 10 years old, organized. So uh, you know, I had a love for basketball, but you know, I'm about six four and five eight, maybe six five, and uh, you know, I would I I I thought it was better just to take the football scholarship and go down to Louisiana Tech, and uh, ended up being a blessing in disguise.
0: So you weren't looking at Arkansas because they had a pretty good team back then with Nolan Richardson.
1: Oh uh, no, well, no 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 Arkansas didn't recruit me. No, I was a <laughs> scholarship man. I would you know it was uh I, no I had the smaller school. I got letters from Connecticut. When Hooner just got there, I got a letter from connecticut uh, uh I guess they had heard about me at the camp in uh in uh in in nineteen eighty eight when he was just taking over at, at UConn. but uh I don't know. my basketball coach eventually let me know recently that he didn't let me get, he didn't let me see all the letters I had gotten, so I don't know I don't know how many offers I had in basketball because he didn't want me you know my dad and him you know knew knew that I was really a football player. And uh, and and they didn't tell me all the letters I got in basketball. So, you know, I took the football scholarship. And, and back then, back in back in, even in the, in in, the, in most of the country, uh, if you remember back then, we were in the flex ball, which you had two or three backs in the backfield. You passed the ball a little bit, but you ran the ball. Arkansas, Arkansas State, all these football programs, OU, all went in Nebraska. All did all this running. So, the problem with their linemen was they didn't know how to pass the tech when they got to the n f l Well, what happened to me I ended up going to lose the Louisiana Tech with bradshaw and and all these uh, uh, quarterbacks and, and um a lot of receivers came out of and you know Bubby Brister, Stan Humphries went to northeast but it's no we it's no the ball out so it was i ended up going down to Louisiana Tech and Joe Ferguson was on the staff, Stinger, Mingle was there, Pat Kelly. We were at a pro set offense, so we flip flop. I had to learn how to play both tackles, and we passed the ball a lot. So, the, you know, the, the system and, and the basketball skills that I did have with the foot and feet movement and the system that I got to go underneath and learn from and my line coach PDP role played in the league also was was, was basically the, the perfect situation for somebody with, with my type of skill set, and uh, I blossomed on the program. Now, your late
0: mother was the first African-American uh, Supreme Court justice in Arkansas. And she she was born in Columbus, Ohio, where they have a university that played some football. She went to Michigan State. I would have thought somehow you could have ended up in the Big Ten.
1: Uh, my dad did make a call to Michigan State. Uh, at Michigan State and no, Arkansas both asked me to walk home. My dad played at Michigan State. That's how my dad ended up meeting my mom. My dad was an outstanding athlete, too. He was... He was off-state football and basketball and and co-validator of his high school, Merrill High School, and ended up going up to play at Michigan State, met my mom up there on a blind date. They they both were zoology majors, and, uh, my dad ended up going to Howard, hurting his knee, and ended up graduating and going to Howard Dental School in, uh, in in Washington, D.C., and then they moved down to of Arkansas. My mom worked at the Arsenal which uh, dealt with the military and and, and, uh, lab lab work because they were both zoology majors. And then after I was born, my mom decided to go to uh, law school in Little Rock. I have a younger brother, but after I was born and he was the little baby, she decided to go to law school in Little Rock and I think graduated second in her class. And uh, that's when her law career took off. Palm Bluff to Little Rock is about 35, 40 minutes. And uh, she did that commute every day and, and uh became an outstanding lawyer. I remember she before she left that law firm, she she was a lawyer. She did the books for the law firm. She did the accounting for my for my she did the taxes for my my family. But she also did the taxes for the law firm. So my mom was very, very, very smart woman and very well rounded and um uh, and uh, you know, really really established herself. In fact this past weekend I went in the Arkansas Black Hall of Fame with my mother uh, us and another pair were the first uh, uh, family members to go in the Arkansas Black Black Hall of Fame. So I had a great honor of uh, following my mama in that Hall of Fame in Little Rock, Arkansas.
0: What happened to your dad? How'd they leave him out?
1: You know, my, you know what? My, my, <laughs> and my dad, my dad belongs too. My dad, uh, uh, my dad grew up in a very tough situation. and Had you know nine, you know the story, eight nine brothers and sisters in a impoverished situation. I uh, grew up, you know, having to pick cotton and, and work hard and went to college, put him on a train in college with $20 in his pocket, and my mom's family really took him in and helped him out, and uh, my dad and my, and my uncle decided to come back to Pine Bluff and open up a practice, so if you wanted your teeth teeth pulled, you went on that side to see my dad. <laughs> if you wanted to get checked out uh, uh, by OBGYN, you went to the other side to see my uncle, so <laughs> they had an OBGY dentist practice together for years and really went back and did, did a lot for that community. Uh, my dad was on a school board 20 some years and, uh, it, it's really been a, a fine example, you know, for what he grew up and what he went back and gave back to the community. And he continues to do today. Uh, he's, he's about to retire, but he's 71, still going, growing strong and, uh, still lives in Pine Bluff and, and, uh, he, he's a pillar in that community, so. Uh, what my dad achieved and, and what my family, what my family down there in general has been able to achieve is uh, is has uh, been has been remarkable. You know, the, you know. I guess they say people look at the Huxtables and uh, I guess we're kind of the example of of the Huxtable family in real life. <laughs> you got
0: drafted the eighth overall pick in the 1993 draft by the New Orleans Saints. Had you anticipated being that high a selection? Were you expecting that?
1: Um, I remember I remember um uh Hokie Gajon was with the Saints and asked about me when I was a red shirt freshman. And uh they always told me, even when I got there as athletic as I was, you know, if you do what you're gonna do, Willie, you'll be wearing diamonds. Coach P Rowe, coach, coach Joe uh always told me, always you know, told me, Willie you got a lot of potential. When I first got there, they knew I had a lot of potential, and uh, I didn't understand it. And I told them, "Man, I'm I'm 235 pounds. I'm never going to be 300 pounds." <laughs> and uh, my redshirt freshman, my red shirt sophomore year, we played against Maryland in, in the Independence Bowl, and we were eight and three, and they were uh, they had a real good team. They had Larry Webster and Scott Zolak and uh, Clarence Jones, who I ended up playing with. They had three or four, you know, pro prospects on that team, and one of them was on defense, Larry Webster, and um we ended up tied them in the, in the Independence Bowl. And I knew those guys were going pro, and I watched Claire Jordan play. And I think at that time I was maybe in the top forty tackles, and and, and I was you know twenty twenty one years old, and I realized then I said, man, if I if I if I stay take care of my business and, and do what I got to do in the schoolroom and and stay in college, I said I said I'm gonna have a chance to go pro. I you know it wasn't until my senior year, uh, my, after my junior year, I took the invitation to the Hula Bowl, so I knew I was gonna go play in the Hula Bowl instead of the Senior Bowl, and, uh, that was a blessing cause I got to know Eddie Robinson, the, the legendary coach from Grambling, mm-hmm. and Lou Holtz were my coaches in the Hula Bowl after my senior year in Hawaii, and, uh, and, and me and Eddie Robinson became real good friends. I used to go check on them, cause I had a golf tournament, you know, losing that tech, but I'm on the right beside each other, like four miles from each other, or rushing, I mean. So anyway, uh, my senior, going into my senior year, I had like a we have combine rating. I had like a 6.0 combine rating, and that in the, in the year before that, Lincoln Kennedy in in, uh, in the University of Washington with Steve Edmond and Quentin Coryard and those guys had won 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 the uh, Rose Bowl. So st- so 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 Lincoln had a 7.0 rating going into our senior year. Uh, Lincoln probably should have come out as if he going to come out as junior. He'd have been a top five pick. That was the year Bob Woodfield came out. He was the, he was a number eight pick. So uh going into my senior, I was looking at Lincoln and and, and looking at guys on the chart. It was Lincoln. It was me. It was Ty Perry. It was uh, uh, Brad Hopkins. There was a couple more guys that, that were all of us were bunched up together after Lincoln. So my deal was to go out there and establish myself. And, and work my way up the ladder. I couldn't get an insurance policy at the beginning of the year, Lords of London, for $500,000. It was like five, I forget the amount that I was trying to get, but at the beginning of the year, I couldn't get a policy. After we played Alabama, and I had that game against Curry and Copeland, and, and, um, I think we played in Birmingham. We didn't go to Tuscaloosa. After I played Alabama, and they had, you know, two top ten prospects, and, you know, George T, London, all those guys on defense to ended up going pro. After I had that game against Curry, uh, my stock went up. And, and I knew the I, when I, when I came to practice that next week, and we had scouts, you know, they used to be following you around practice. It would be seven, of them, ten of them out there, just watching you on the practice field, you know, watching you in practice. After, 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 the, after that game, I got an insurance policy and my stock went up, and, uh, we ended up having four guys drafted from my school. Cause we had the number of two defense in the country behind Alabama, and we had a real good program. Uh, so uh, it, it it was it was a lot of fun back then, and and uh, so I didn't realize I had a chance to go pro to 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 my sophomore year, well, registered sophomore year, but it was during the course of my senior year when, when when my stock rose. I thought
0: the Bears were going to take in that draft, but at the last second they took Curtis Conway right before you.
1: I, I was slotted anywhere between five and eight. So it was it was it was Tampa Bay, it was uh it was Tampa Bay, it was it was it was uh uh Cincinnati, it was the Bears, and it was Detroit. And what happened uh, Detroit sold, traded the pick to the uh Saints and um that's how I ended up for Pat Swilling and broke the dawn pole up because Ricky Jackson's last year was my my year and uh that's how I ended up going, that's how I ended up becoming a Saint. Uh the Saints traded that pick. And they took me, and in the fourth round, with the other pick, they took Lorenzo Neal, one of the best fullbacks to ever play the game.
0: What did they feed you at Louisiana Tech to get you as big as you got? (laughs)
1: Um, You know, it's just the way the genetics are. I mean, I didn't really drink a lot of beer in high school. You know, I I grew up in Arkansas. I went to Louisiana. Uh, We had the training table, so uh, we ate. We ate. And uh, we worked out. Uh, my red, When I got to Tech, I was 235. My red shirt year, you know, I played about 250. So I gained about 10 or 15 pounds. But you got to understand, I was lifting weights. You know, mm-hmm. I never lifted weights like that. I went from, see. W- w- what happened was, when football was season over in high school, you go straight to basketball. Well, then I played basketball, and then in the offseason, I would lift a little bit. But I never did lift seriously because I didn't want to get, I didn't want to, I didn't know whether I wanted to play football or basketball, so I wasn't to gain a lot of weight. In high school. I wasn't trying to gain a lot of weight. So, like I said, I was 220, I was really lean my senior playing football because I went to basketball camp that summer at UCA and played a whole lot of basketball. Gym's all over Conway, you know, and uh, uh, you know, when I got to college, I mean, I told them I wanted to play basketball and take two. Once I got there, I realized that wasn't gonna happen. But uh, between the training table and uh, you know, just enjoying college life, uh, I put on about, you know, you put on, you know, 15, 20, 15 pounds. In my shirt year, I was about 250, 255. And then uh, my shirt sophomore year, I was about 270, So every year I gradually put on 10 or 15 pounds. And um, I was going to come out my shirt junior year. I was about 290, and I decided to stay stay for my senior year. But, uh, I could run, you know, I could run, you know, I think I ran like a 4-8 something, uh, for my, for my coach, a couple on grass. So, I was going, I thought about leaving, but, uh, I'm glad I stayed, you know, I mean, even though I started those three years, you know, I wanted to come out, but I didn't. But, uh, I was just, I was blessed with a lot of ability, and, and our strength coach, Joe Taylor, was like the guy at Alabama. I don't know if you saw the special. He was real intense. I mean, we could miss class, but we couldn't miss a workout. So <laughs> between, I wasn't a squatter, but I was very, very good. I never squatted over 500 some pounds, and I got beat in bench by the linebacker, mine Baker, who got drafted in the fourth round to the Chicago Bears. My, I came into college benching 275. I left benching about 450. I got beat by the linebacker, mine bench like 455, 460 but I was real good at power clean. I power clean 370 from the floor. I like the snatch, but I was the explosive lifting. The power clean, the, the Olympic liftings were really good for me.
0: And and and
1: as I got bigger, I got quicker, you know, because of the Olympic lifting. And the you know, you do your bounding, you're skipping, you run all your drills, but I I was blessed with the quickness, speed and power. That whole combination, you know, some some guys are quick and then I fast some guys are big, you know but I was just one of those guys that was very quick and very fast or a big man. do you ever try to convince your coaches that you should be a fullback? <laughs> no, no, we didn't really need a fullback and uh i mean i i mean if you ask Bill Coher who i was uh i mean i was I was a prototypical left tackle six five, three fifteen, three ten. 3'10", by the time I was in the league I mean some guys like him a little bigger. You know, uh, uh you know, not six eight six nine like Ogden, but you know six five six six. You know, is a is a good size for a lineman. You know, with long arms. You know, you need to play. Well, back then, I mean, guys even then aren't quite as big. You need to have long arms to get people off of you. You know, when I got trained to Kansas City, that was the thing about John Tate. John Tate was a tough guy, hard worker. He's taller than me, but he didn't have long arms. And uh that's what Hendry been playing left tackle, and I, I I even remember when I played left tackle, guys like either guys with power gave me trouble. A guy like Spreni or DT just wanted to run around me. Uh, I liked a guy like that. A guy with Sean Jones, Tim Harris, with those long long arms, long, longer than mine, would give give me problems. Or a guy with power. But but you know that that was uh you know you learn how to play the position. In the pros, but that that was it. You know, you needed those long arms to keep those guys out your chest. What about a Bruce Smith? Bruce Smith didn't really use his power. You know, I I, and, and I I can say I was fortunate. The only time I played against Bruce Smith and we went in it when he was trying to uh, show out a little bit was uh, in the Pro Bowl, and I got after him a little bit, and he got a little pissed at me, you know, at the game. But you know, it's the Pro Bowl. We we we're, we're going to have a good time, hang out on the beach. But, uh we you know, I'm not trying to, uh you know, I'm not trying to get crazy in, in this Pro Bowl game because, you know, you don't want to get hurt over there and, and, and mess up your salary the next year. So, you know, my thing was if the guys were kind of low-key, you know, in the Pro Bowl, you know, Simeon Rice came. I can tell you a story. Simeon came up to me, and I'm, I'm coming in the lobby. And uh Simeon, I guess they had just won that Super Bowl at Tampa Bay. So this must have been 2002. So Simeon called me over. He said, hey, willing. He said, uh, you know, we, we're gonna play the, play the game, uh, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I got a shoulder injury and, uh, and, 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 and you know, it, it's in the contract situation. So, you know, basically saying I'm not gonna be going crazy in the game. And I said, okay, everything, you know, basically, if, if you're not gonna go crazy and go hard, then, you know, we, we, we'll give some effort, but we're not going to try to hurt each other out in the promo right. game, and, and that's the respect guys have for each other. Now, I'm not saying you're supposed to get out there and patty cake like they did a couple of years ago, <laughs> but guys understand <laughs> that, you know, if you've got a chance to make, you know, especially now, back then it was $3, $3 4000000 million base salary, I'm not going to risk it in a game where, you know, I'm making twenty or $40,000. Right.
0: John Randall talked about he used to talk trash during all these games to get in the offensive lineman's head.
1: You you, know, the thing is, as the the game goes, it picks up. So it might be slow and guys are, you know, a little hungover or whatever (laughs) the first half or, you know, sweating it out, you know. By third quarter, you know, it's picking up. Guys are coming harder. You're not supposed to blitz. You're only supposed to rush floor. You're not supposed to bring a linebacker. You're not supposed to do, you know, there's certain rules you have in the Pro Bowl game that you did in the, they're not in the regular season. You can't bring a blitz. You can't bring a line. You can't bring a cornerback. You know, you can't do certain things to keep, keep, keep it kind of basic. But as the game gets more intense, you know, that, that fire comes out and sometimes guys are going to go harder. And then you have some guys, you know, that are trying to get the MVP. So you, you know, you have guys that are trying to show out, even though it's an all-star game. And usually, if you, if you notice the MVP, it's usually a receiver or a running back because they're putting up crazy numbers because it's an all-star game or a quarterback that's, that's putting up big numbers. It's not usually a defensive guy that's got a bunch of sacks or a guy that's got a bunch of tackles. It's usually the MVP an offensive player because it's, it's, so, it's generic and guys are going to put up big numbers in that game.
0: Now, your rookie season, you started all 16 games. Did you... No coming into camp that the the job was yours?
1: I did I didn't miss it down on my rookie season and uh, uh, this uh, another story. Uh, I came to I came to New Orleans and uh Tootie Roberts had been playing with the Green Bay Packers for a long time. And uh, we signed Tootie Roberts back then to a one year contract. So I think they were expecting Tootie Roberts to play right tackle that year. Well Tootie Robbins was a thirteen year vet. And he had been in Green Bay. Well, he came down to New Orleans, and we we went to training camp in La Crosse. But Jim Moore's ex-Marine, so uh, Tootie had a trick shoulder, and um, before, after about a week of practice or whatever, I, I forget how many days it was, he, he popped that shoulder out, and uh, we went. We had to play five preseason games my rookie year. We played in the Japan Bowl uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. So when I got over to got over to Japan, I started the preseason game, my first preseason game, and I did a pretty good job at right tackle. And um, they ended up, they got and back then that was a lot of money. They gave 2500000 dollars, and they released him, and he went back to Green Bay and played his last year. Wow! What was Jim
0: Moore like as a coach? <laughs> uh,
1: tough, very tough. Jim Moore came to his house one time in New Orleans. A lot of people don't know this story. Jim Moore pulled up to his house. They had an intruder in his house. Jamor, I don't even know if he called the police. His wife was in the house. Jamor went in his house and confronted an intruder in his house uh, with his wife, because his wife was there, and got the intruder out of his house. Jamor was was was, was, a, was, a, was a was a tough man, was a hard man. uh, uh um, You know, like I said, that Marine mentality. We were gonna be in shape, and if we got out there some weeks and we and it was hot in the war, it was hot human It wasn't out of the cross, but it was how we got back. If we got back and we would be in a little lackadaisical in, in practice, he wouldn't stop to say uh, he didn't like what was going on and start it over. We wouldn't start it over from stretch, but we would start it over from the first period, and we start practice over if he didn't like it. And we practiced long and hard with Dick Vermeil too. It was it was it was tough. I mean, we, we, we were ashamed. we were in shape, especially for what we were trying to do. The only problem was later in my career, even when I was younger in my career. When you the, the problem, I don't think they really understood is, is th- those type of coaches were the problem. Later in our career, we had a veteran team, and I was the oldest one on offense, and uh that you know. But when you do a lot of banging and 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 and, and, and you and you and you hit, use your body like that. At training camp. You, you, it, it gets you in shape and it gets you ready to play. But for the first couple weeks of the season, you're tired. You're trying to get your legs back underneath you when you when you're playing. If if you notice when I played, we always played Denver very very early in the season because uh, cause, 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 because because uh, because because Shanahan knew he wanted to play us early in Denver in Mile High. You already knew we were going to be banging a lot more than they were at camp because he, the vet, the, 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 the older, you're over 30, you don't even go two days. And, and what he believed in, he believed in doing a lot of running without the pads on and working on your conditioning. He wanted you to be in shape. He didn't believe in all the banging. Well, they knew we were doing all the banging, so they want to play us early in the year up in Mile High and run us out, run us, run us out of, run us off the field. So, we would always get beat up there early and play them in September. We would always play them at home in November. By that time, we we were we were out of camp and we were we were in, we were rolling by the end. So we would always beat them late in the year. But they would always schedule us early in the year and play us early in the year because they knew that we was you know we were going to be you your body would be sore you know for a while you you would you know when, some of those times especially when with more you know Jim Dombrowski held out of camp my rookie year. And he was a transition player. So I think more kept us in two days for we would have Sunday off but, but we would hit every day, twice a day. And, and 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 then um Jim came in late so we stayed in pass. I mean, I, I remember especially coming from Ludown Texas, I see was over in November. I was so physically drained. I wasn't going out, I was going home and sleeping, getting my rest, but I was so tired. Uh, Joe Joe Vergano, the special teams coach I would go lay on this couch some, some days and just take a nap because my body was, it was, just, it was just, I wasn't used to it. So, you know, for me to play every down, I played every down my first three and a half years until I, until I hurt my knee in 96. But for me to get out there and play every down, uh, uh I, I was uh, physically very tired. I got used to it my second year. You know, I got used to the schedule and used to it more. But my rookie year was very, very hard because, uh, I wasn't used to all that hitting. and I wasn't used to you know playing football that long, and, it, and it, it, it's tough. It's very tough. But uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I had a very productive rookie year, and uh, I played real good against some of the best. Reggie White, um, you know, Kevin Green got my first NFL sack on me, but you know, I got off to a great start in NFL and made sure I got in camp on time, and that was the key. But uh, it, it was a it was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of it was a lot of uh, moaning and complaining going on. We had a tent out there in the, in the, when we were in Lacrosse, We called it the bench tent. And we would sit out there. You come out there for that second practice and you feel like you couldn't even barely walk on that football field. And it would be a lot of moaning and complaining looking forward to that practice. But you had to do it. I mean, you know, just the way it was back then. It was, you, 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 these guys were tough.
0: We'll be back with part two of our interview with Willie Rofe right after this brief break. You're listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com.